Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The week one curse continues as the Indianapolis Colts fall just short of beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. So why is there cause for optimism if you are a Colts fan after watching that performance? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here with my fellow writer, colleague, analyst, co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, week one is in the books, and the Colts, uh, they were close, had a lead pretty deep into the fourth quarter and for a second there thought they were going to pull off the upset but the Jaguars did prevail in the end but I think this game showed us a lot uh, about this team and in particular about Anthony Richardson but how are you doing buddy? I'm doing wonderful and I, I absolutely agree with you because uh, you know as fans or as you know analysts if someone is a fan of a team you really want to naturally pull for a win and if it's a loss you're kind of thinking you know, it's it's all, you know, it was all for naught. But this is, it's true when you say that there's certain teams that really aren't having expectations. They're just there to develop young players. You know, wins, extra wins are great, but like the wins really aren't what you're looking at. You're looking at how are these guys developing down after down, snap after snap, week after week, uh, you know, in the league. And yeah, I'm right there with you. Outside of even Richardson, which we'll get to it, there were some other promising young guys that really showed out too. So. Yeah, and and the atmosphere inside of Lucas Oil Stadium was uh what's was different than than anything really I saw last year. Like fans are into this, they're into this new era of Colts football, and we're going to talk about all of that tonight. So before we get started, please go follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know when Drake and I are going live, so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review let's highlight some guys in the chat real quick patrick is already here the cfo of horseshoe huddle saying gonna be coming in hot with the talking points here so it's gonna be not hey 
the more the merrier, Patrick. We always love uh, your engagement. Really, really appreciate it. NFL nerd. AR was about league average yesterday, which is better than the other two first-round quarterbacks. We're definitely going to talk a lot about Anthony Richardson tonight. Don't you worry, NFL nerd. Stats Matt is here, of course. What's up to you, buddy? We've got Wombat in here as well. Truett. Uh, uh, our loyal Truett is here. It's a bummer, but it's a process, and and that, that's go. a that's a good that's a good way to think about things, Truett. So so Drake, let's. I mean, the people want to talk about it. Let's dive right in. So the Colts fall to the Jaguars, thirty-one to twenty-one yesterday, uh, with five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was twenty-one to seventeen, and it, it looked like the Colts were had a legitimate shot to win this game. Obviously, they couldn't close things out, and and that's probably a product of of having such a, such a young team, new head coach, new quarterback, all of those things. So, before we dive into specifics here, what was your gut reaction about the Colts' performance as a whole yesterday afternoon? You know, I was actually pretty impressed. I mean, I really was. Now, there, there's cause for concern with the running backs right now. Let's be completely honest there. But outside of that, I mean, the offensive line, they played better than they did last season. I feel like they they had an extension game of weeks week 18 from last year. They're getting better. They're playing more like a cohesive unit. Obviously, Will Fries is still struggling a little bit. But, I mean, the defense played good. They absolutely were electric. The 31 points – 14 of those happened in such an incredibly fast swing and turn of events that you can't really put that score on, on the defense because guys like Buckner, guys like Franklin, Leonard had almost 10 tackles. I mean, it was – the defense played good in the secondary, which was supposed to be terrible, actually showed up to a degree. And Kenny Moore, I was very impressed with him in the second half because that guy had to cover Calvin Ridley. So, overall, hey, you know what? Along with Richardson's performance, I was pretty impressed – sucks they couldn't get the victory because you feel like they were right there but um a very good team a red hot team in the jaguars overall though i think you got to be impressed with the performance of such a young squad shout out to my beautiful wife danielle for the super sticker the nightly super sticker coming in hot and if you guys do have a comment or a question that you want highlighted on the show throw it in as a super chat we'll be sure to make uh to get to it asap so thank you so much to danielle uh but yeah, Drake, I mean, honestly, coming out of that, coming out of that loss yesterday, the feeling coming out of that stadium, it wasn't, it was, I mean, sure, it was, there was plenty of disappointment to go around, but it, it, there was just a different feel about this team that, that maybe the team's not as far off as we originally thought. I, I mean, I still envision this being a struggle for the Colts, uh, six, seven win season, but there a lot of the young guys played well. I mean, Anthony Richardson looked like he belonged. Josh Downs made some plays out there. Quiddy Pay was all over the place in the backfield. Quiddy Pay breakout season is, is upon us. I have a strong feeling about that. And and he, the young secondary, while Calvin Ridley did get did get pretty hot. Uh, in the second half, he really didn't do much once those cornerbacks settled in. I thought Daryl Baker Jr. played pretty good, pretty well. There, Trevor Lawrence just made some incredible throws yesterday that that really were indefensible. And and sometimes you can play great defense, but it's just better offense. And, and that's that was the case for for Daryl Baker Jr. at times. But the, there was a different energy about this team. And 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 I saw a comment yesterday on 
on social media that said, you know, it just seemed like Shane Steichen had these guys better prepared than Frank Reich ever did. And, and, and to an extent, I, I understand why that comment was made because it, it just seems like, it, it seems like this team was ready to go energy wise there wasn't there wasn't a, st- a stutter out of the gate uh they they, they looked re- they looked ready to attack and be aggressive which a lot of times in the frank reich era it would take a few weeks before we saw the colts really get traction and and look like that yeah and i'll get i i that kind of makes me want to talk about a point that i had planned for later in the show so i'll, I'll save it but yes <laughs> the the offense they looked like they wanted to go out there and win Okay, and they made adjustments, and the, the the play calling is you know full on Shane Steichen at this point, but it's still I feel like a little bit dialed back. I, just because you want to get Richardson in comfortable situations where he's throwing the ball. I mean, overall he had less than ten. I think it was yeah twenty four completions for two hundred twenty three yards. I mean, he had a lot of short completions. That should get Colts fans excited that he was hitting those short those short throws because he was taking velocity off the ball, having issues with that in the offseason. He wasn't overthrowing or underthrowing those guys. There was a couple plays that should have been made where they could have been additional completions as well. So, um, you know, overall, you got to be excited. And, and I thought that it was a really good performance, at least from the grand scheme of things and the expectations that, you know, were put on him before the game even started. We have a wild Brandon Moses sighting here live <laughs> in the chat. Brandon says, as everyone congratulated my friend Drake on his engagement. Yes, if you missed last week's episodes, uh, Drake is engaged. Pop the question Official. to his fiance, and it's it's pretty exciting. So if you haven't done so already, please throw a congratulation post in the chat to our man Drake here. Make me cry. Uh, for his <laughs> for his uh, uh, awaiting nuptials, our first super chat of the evening, uh, besides the super sticker from my beautiful wife, is from the CFO Patrick. He says, "Bright spots: defensive line, Zaire Franklin. Weak spots: run game, secondary, right guard, and wide receivers not named Michael mm-hmm. Pittman." Well, Patrick pretty much covered it all, so I guess that's going to be our show for this evening. Now, <laughs> uh, I mean, but you make some good points. Patrick, the defense really, really set the tone and and kept this team in it as the offense kind of tried to get their feet underneath them. And and I think this offense is going to be a work in progress as Shane Steichen opens up the playbook for Anthony Richardson and and gets him settled into things as and not just with Anthony Richardson, but this is a whole new offense for this team. Most of these guys, the only offense they have run in the NFL was with Frank Reich. So this is a completely different scheme, new playbook. It's going to take a little while for, for everything to gel. So that's why I think it's going to be a work in progress, but this is that second year in Gus Bradley's system. And, and this defense hit the ground running. And, and, and if this can continue this Colts defense, yes, they did give up. There was 31 points allowed yesterday, but again, that doesn't really tell the whole story. This Colts defense, I think, is on the come up, especially within that front seven. Yeah, and, and again, the the bam bam type of situation that happened. I think it was like a long Etienne run for a touchdown, and then right away Richardson threw an interception, and it just went right back for another touchdown. So, if I if I remember correctly, I think that was the sequence of events. But it's like outside of that, the defense really came to play. I mean, I thought that, like you said, Calvin Ridley did kind of start off 
absolutely like magma hot. Like the guy almost had 10 catches in the first half. But once Kenny Moore was put on him, it was a different game. Once there was like understanding, like we have to completely remove this guy or else he's just going to have another nine or 10 catches. It really took a different turn for the Jaguars. Now, uh, ultimately they won, but yeah, that defense, I think you gotta be really happy with the way they play. Cause that's a really good offense. I agree. Thank you so much, Patrick, for the super chat. As always, your support does not go unnoticed, brother. So, Drake, let's talk about Anthony Richardson. You kind of touched on his stat line here, 24 of 37 for a 64.9% completion percentage, 223 yards. He had the touchdown to Michael Pittman Jr. and then the interception there in the fourth quarter. He also added 40 yards on 10 carries and got that first touchdown of the season for the Indianapolis Colts on the ground. So overall, in my opinion, uh, better he looked better than I thought he would. Uh, honestly, uh, he he completed more passes. Uh, the completion percentage. The, the Jaguars played. The, the Jaguars played really soft coverage deep. They didn't want to get beat over the top by the big armed Richardson. So a lot of check downs, a lot of having to be patient with the football. Overall, I thought I thought Anthony Richardson did a really solid job. He looked he did not look overwhelmed in the slightest out there. He certainly looked like he belonged as a starting quarterback for the Colts. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you wanted him to make the right decisions. You know, you wanted him to limit the turnovers and limit the 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 bad throws, if you will. And I mean, he had like 65 percent completion percent, like a 65 percent completion percentage. That's solid in your first game ever in the NFL, especially with 13 starts previous to that. He did have that interception where he stared down Mo Alley Cox. But outside of that, he also led the team in rushing yards and he had another touchdown. So he had two all purpose touchdowns in his first game and he made the, the good throws where you're like nothing, nothing check down. But if the check down wasn't available, then you saw him take off. Or if it was a bootleg and he felt like he could beat the defense and that was less of a risk than throwing the ball, he made that decision. So he was per- he was getting smarter and adjusting as the game went along. And that that's really that's really dangerous when you have all that athleticism and you can be coachable. That's going to be a really good that's that's gonna be really dangerous. Yeah, and I I think honestly we're we're gonna see the playbook open up more for Anthony Richardson as the weeks go along. Uh, a lot of the a lot of what was happening yesterday was only half half field reads. So Shane Steichen is bringing Anthony Richardson along at a, at a pretty slow pace to start this season, but that's that's been the plan all along to just gradually. St- open up the playbook, gradually put more on the rookie quarterback's plate. And that's going to be the best thing for, for Anthony Richardson in his development. Again, guys, this, this, this season is not about wins and losses. It's all about the development of Anthony Richardson. And as long as he continues to get better as the season goes along, that's all that matters truthfully, because as you can see, the, the Jaguars are going probably going to win the AFC South. They are, they're a talent level above the Colts right now. They're a better team, have a better coach. I mean, people forget it was Shane Steichen's first game as a head coach in the NFL as well in the regular season. So I saw some things about the play calling some, some game management. I mean, look, he's going to make mistakes as well. It's not like Anthony Richardson is joining a 15 year 
NFL head coach. Okay. Shane Steichen's got to do some learning himself and, and that's going to take some time. He's learning his players. He's learning how to be that head coach in this and in the NFL. It's there's, it's all about a learning experience. That's why this team should not be judged on wins and losses this year. It should be judged on the development of this team on its key pieces. And, and so far, Anthony Richardson has not shown me anything to, to believe that he cannot be the franchise quarterback for this team for years to come. Obviously the long season left to go. And there's a lot of different parts, a lot more, a lot tougher teams that the Colts will face this season besides the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it was very encouraging to see. And, and that's why I, I think there's more optimism around this team and around what the Colts are doing right now because it isn't just a one-year rental at quarterback. Like the Colts need to go win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. They need to go win a Super Bowl with with Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, whoever. It, you you need to realize that this is a multi-year thing, and, and and so far Anthony Richardson has fit the build, and he looked like one of the most one of the most impactful players yesterday, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. You you're very impressed by that. You know, leading the team in rushing yards, getting one on the ground, getting another through the air, throwing for over 200 yards, being 65%. That's awesome. All right. But you don't, you still don't want him to have to shoulder all of that. You know what I mean? You want to be able to tell this guy, Hey, look, we're ahead by 14 points. It's the middle of the third. We want to run the ball. We've got the running game to do it behind you. They did not have anything like that. We'll get to it. They had nothing around Richardson in the backfield. And the line didn't block like on a superhuman level, but they also blocked better than what those rushing numbers might make you think if you just look at those. So I, you just, you're excited that Richardson can shoulder that much responsibility, but you don't want him to. I think in this first year, I think you want to be able to help him get a little bit more comfortable rather than say, hey, go out there. You're going to be the entire offense on the ground and through the air. Go win us some games and try to develop in the process. Right. So let's let's kind of dive into this a little bit here. We take a look at Anthony Richardson through the air. Uh, solid, made good decisions. That interception, we'll, let's t- we'll t- touch on that real quick here. I, I think it was a combination of different things, if I'm being honest, Drake. I'll watch the film tomorrow when I when I do my film room on Anthony Richardson's performance. But but just seeing it firsthand, it it looked like it was a combination of Anthony Richardson stared down Mo Cox. He didn't put enough air on the football and also Tyson Campbell, a damn good corner. He, he kind of knew what was going to happen there, baited Anthony Richardson into making that throw. And that's a good, good veteran cornerback making a play on a rookie quarterback. Anthony Richardson's going to learn from that while he, he took responsibility. Shane Steichen also took responsibility saying he needs to get, get his quarterback and, and his offense into a better situation and into a better look than that. This is something that Anthony Richardson is going to learn from, not to stare down that receiver. When you're trying to fit that ball into a hole, he's he's got the arm to certainly do it, but but put a little touch, put a little loft on that ball. All of these things are, are about the learning experience for Anthony Richardson, and he's going to have moments like this every single game throughout this entire season. It's how he takes all this into account, puts it in that memory bank, and then comes out and just doesn't make those same mistakes over and over again. 
Yeah, it's just like when you're playing Madden, you think that you got that receiver over the top, you know, and you press a little too hard on the button and you bullet it, and it's just like a superhuman jump from the linebacker. That's kind of what happened with Anthony Richardson. He really thought that his throw was going to overshoot that linebacker, uh, that uh, that defender. And at the end of the day, these guys can jump higher than anything he's ever experienced. They're moving quicker than he's ever seen. And it's not the same as training camp. You can only prepare a quarterback that's a rookie so much for something that's going to be completely different, you know, and maybe even a heightened, like a heightened speed from the Jaguars defense. So, uh, Hey, at the end of the day though, you gotta be excited. You gotta be excited about the way that he handled it because that's a really good team. And that the Jaguars actually started bringing pressure as the game went along. And I thought that he dealt, dealt with it pretty well. Yeah, and that's and that's what makes me excited about about what Anthony Richardson can do this season. Oh, yeah. And I saw I I, for, I I forget who put it out there on Twitter, and I apologize, but someone said that calling Anthony Richardson raw is is a very lazy label for him. Inexperienced, yes, but he's certainly not raw, and he showed that yesterday, being able to diagnose defenses on multiple occasions, making the correct reads. He wasn't perfect in, in those categories, but he certainly did not act like a kid that only had 13 career starts at the college level, and, and when you look at the performances of the other rookie quarterbacks in the NFL, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson had the best debut out of all three of them. So very exciting stuff from number five. Uh, but and something that could have definitely helped Anthony Richardson yesterday, Drake, any resemblance of a running game for the Indianapolis Colts. It was absolutely brutal. Uh, it's 26 carries overall, 65 yards, 2.5 yards per carry. And that's including the 40 yards from Anthony Richardson. So without that, 16 carries for 15, no, excuse me, 16 carries for 25 yards for the running back group of Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, who got hurt uh, and is dealing with a knee injury, and then Jake Funk, who was called up from the practice squad. So Drake, uh, I, I'll kind of I think this is a multi-layered question for sure, but what do you think about the running game yesterday and, and what, what needs to change in that category? Well, boy, um, just bad. You know, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I don't know if there's any other way to describe it. Like the, again, the line didn't like block, you know, 2021 Colts. Okay. But they blocked well enough to at least get maybe an average. I mean, with 26 carries, even outside of Richardson, you still have 16. You should have been able to push at least 40, 42, 45 yards, you know, but to have to only have 25 yards is brutal. And I do think that Jake Funk showed some pop. All right. He really did. He showed some pop. Maybe Steichen talks about going with the hot hand. The only the only problem with him not getting more carries is that they were in a situation where they kind of had to throw. But even he he still tore off a 12-yard reception. So Jake Funk actually, with his limited snaps, he did okay. But boy, Evan Hall, he wasn't used hardly at all, even up to that third quarter injury. You thought you'd see more of him. It was all Deion Jackson, okay? And I think I saw a comment in here. It it does kind of suck for Jackson because the last thing he wanted as, you know, finally in his career, he's he gets to be the guy to start the season with a guy like Richardson. To, to turn out 13 carries for 14 yards and two fumbles, by, by the way, both were lost to the Jaguars, that's really tough, and it's the NFL. So I'll also play off that comment again that don't be surprised if the Colts are pursuing somebody, you know, just to make sure that 
you know, they've got some depth with Deion right. Jackson's struggles. Especially if Evan Hall has to miss some time, you know. Yep. If Evan Hall misses time, obviously it looks Zach Moss was close to playing on Sunday. I would assume Zach Moss gets the green light and is the starting running back for the Colts on Sunday when they go up against the Houston Texans. But Deion Jackson had a had a golden opportunity on Sunday and and he just did not make the most of it. The the two fumbles were were killers for the Colts can't do that have to hold on to the ball and and honestly it wasn't just the running backs fault the offensive line I thought did a a very I thought they did a decent job in pass protection I was I was completely uh, fine with how they did uh, during their in their pass blocking for Anthony Richardson offensive line got zero push in the running game especially on the right side multiple times plays were blown up getting through that right side, particularly where Will Fries is. And again, as Drake, you've, you've reported on this and you've written about this all off season. So many right, times. <laughs> right guard is, is, is still showing up as a problem. You know, Bert, I, I thought the left side was, was pretty solid. Bernard Ryman, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, those guys held their own. Could they have played better? Absolutely. They could have, but again, uh, it's this offensive line is still trying to work its way back. That right side, especially coming through that 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 B gap right there, right, right on the right side where Will Fries is, real tough, real real tough. So, I've I've seen some comments and some people saying that it would be a, this is why the Colts need to get Jonathan Taylor back and and why and how Jonathan Taylor would have made uh, a huge difference. Guys, I'm not sure if that's the case. I don't know if that's a, actually a true statement. I don't know if Jonathan Taylor would have even had that much of a difference i mean sure he isn't all pro back but we got to remember this we're not talking about 2021 jonathan taylor that we're putting into this lineup right now if jonathan taylor was in this lineup we're talking about jonathan taylor who's coming off of an ankle injury that's lasted almost a year now and and, and a guy that hasn't played a, a down of football since since december I think so it's 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 it wouldn't be the same Jonathan Taylor that that you're envisioning okay that combined with the offensive line just not really getting much push in the running game it, it really stalled out drives it put a lot of the onus on Anthony Richardson to try to find things with uh to try to do things with his arm and and credit to the Jacksonville defense they they really did a good job of penetrating there keeping everything in front of them in in the passing game and they really made things tough on this Colts offense yeah and to, to go back to your point about Jonathan Taylor you probably would have seen some more yards per carry for sure. Like, I just feel like, you know, you would have seen just because of the talent level difference between Deion Jackson and Jonathan Taylor, right. you would have seen more. But uh, going back to what I said, when I mentioned that, you know, it wasn't bad enough to have such like minuscule numbers, 1.1 yards per carry is, is pretty brutal. But the thing is, yeah. if we're in the, if we're look, looking at this grand scheme of things, and even, even if you have your superstar running back back there, and as you mentioned, coming off of an ankle injury, super, or superstar running back, you might still be looking at 3.3, 3.4 yards per carry, which really for the Colts standard of running attack that they want to implement, that's still not good. Like that's not good for really any offense. So uh, to have 1.1 really puts it into perspective that maybe it would have been a little bit better with Jonathan Taylor, but the Jags just did a phenomenal job in run defense at the end of the day. Right. And luckily for Anthony Richardson, he did have a security blanket yesterday. The guy that's been the security blanket for, it seems the past three 
years with these Colts quarterbacks. Michael Pittman Jr. came out and did his thing. Eight catches, 97 yards, and that touchdown that he took on the screen went 39 yards to the house. Shout out to Bernard Ryman, who got the final block on that to really spring Michael Pittman on that. But, I mean, Pittman looked like Pittman. Again, that security blanket for the quarterback, and and he had far and away the best day out of any of the wide receivers there were some guys that that still had decent days i mean josh downs in his debut caught a few balls and definitely moved the chains uh kylan granson was able to get open and and collect a few catches thought he he had a pretty decent day but again mike it just shows michael Pittman jr is head head and shoulders above anyone else that the colts have in terms of a weapon uh, uh from their pass catchers yeah, and fun fact, this is his sixth quarterback to throw him a football. Mm-hmm. And all he does is go out there and catch in volume and make great plays for the team. And look, I, I've said this before to anyone that doesn't think he's wide receiver one NFL standards. That's fine. Regardless of what anyone thinks, he is the wide receiver one for the Colts. There you go. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Put sarcasm. Stats, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Sarcasm. But <laughs> look, Stats, hey. Matt and I have had this conversation multiple times about uh, people <laughs> – not not giving Michael Pittman his uh, his worth. So uh, yeah, go on, Drake. He basically at the end of the day, he had a great game in a rookie quarterback's first contest. While this guy's not supposed to be accurate, okay. So he helped him get acclimated to the passing game. He's still the number one option. And this isn't a game where Alec Pierce got targeted only three times and only had one catch for five yards. So Pittman, I, I think it was uh, Patrick mentioned it, dominated the receiving. Like outside of him you got a rookie and you've got a, a tight end that, you know, is kind of getting adjusted to a new offense again, but boy, Pittman looked great. And you just hope he opens up more volume for the other uh, pass catchers around him too. Yeah, you, you really do. And and I think as the offense, again, this offense is a work in progress. So as this offense gets going and as teams play uh, uh, the Colts differently, there's there's going to be other wide receivers that they get those opportunities. The Colts, the Jaguars took away pretty much everything deep last night or yesterday, which took a lot of the opportunities for for Alec Pierce. They took away what Alec Pierce does best away. So Pierce really didn't have much of an impact. And instead, it went to more of the possession yards after catch type of guys like Pittman, Downs and Granson. So if teams are going to play short, things over the top are going to be open to go to Alec Pierce. So it, it just kind of depends. Again, Richardson was taking what the defense was giving him, something Peyton Manning told him to do, settle in, take what the defense gives you. And, and I think if the Colts had a resemblance of a running game, we're probably talking about possibly a victory uh, today. Uh, obviously, didn't come to fruition. There were some other mistakes made in the passing game, and, and, and it ends up as another week one loss. Patrick, another super chat from the CFO, says, from Tyler Christian to Joel Erickson on X, is we like our guys going to be the defining quote for the shortcomings of the Ballard era. And and it is, it is a, a phrase that Chris Ballard has used quite often throughout his time with uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. We like our guys sometimes to a fault. They have confidence in them. Uh, and and I think it, it could apply to, to, to multiple different things. Uh, I think it could apply to uh, what they have on the offensive line. It could probably apply to the wide receiver depth at this point. Um, and and I, I know the Colts are in a very precarious situation where – they want to allow their young guys to play and 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 
get that experience, really see if they can become future building pieces for the Indianapolis Colts. But at, at some point for some of these players, they are, they are what they are. And like, I'm just going to, I'm going to pick on him just because he, he was the guy that graded out and looked the worst out of all the offensive linemen, Will Fries. I think we know Will Fries is what he is. He's probably a very solid backup guard in the NFL. I mean, if you have Will Fries as, as your backup guard at left or left and right guard, you're probably thinking, man, I've got a, that's, that's really good depth. He's not a starting quality guard in the NFL. And, and until he proves otherwise, that's going to be where defenses attack on this offensive line. So Ballard has done that before and it's bit him in the butt and, and hopefully this doesn't bite him in the butt as well. Yeah. And this is also, everybody believes in their guys, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like everyone feels this way that it's just Ballard actually vocalizes it, but yeah, going back very briefly to Will Fries, you kind of look at the whole situation with him and boy, Running the ball, he can kind of block a little bit better. But, boy, passing, that's where he really struggles is in pass protection. And with the way the league is moving, you might be looking at a free agent signing pretty soon. I, I would say it could probably happen. The Colts are always evaluating things, so we'll, oh, yeah. we'll have to see. Thank you so much again, Patrick, for, for the super chat, buddy. We really do appreciate it. And, Drake, let's wrap up our talk on the offense here real quick. Uh, not efficient on the money downs for the Colts. That was something they really struggled with yesterday. Only two for 12 on third down and one for five on fourth down. It's going to be really hard to win very many games when you're not efficient on the money downs uh, like the Colts offense was yesterday. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you look at the one for five, you know, on fourth down and that, that does suck. Okay. But you play fourth down as a defense, totally different and as an offense than you would third down. The fact they went two for 12 on third down, they got to really improve that. Maybe go for it a little less on fourth down. So I'll, I'll let the fourth down slide, but two for 12, that is brutally bad. That puts your rookie quarterback in a lot of very, you know, very difficult situations. Right. And I, I think, I think when we're talking about maybe, maybe should have the Colts not have gone for it as much on fourth down, in my opinion, I didn't really mind the, the decisions to go for it on fourth down uh, as much as maybe some of the play calls. Uh, I thought some of the, those fourth down calls, the, the, Steichen tried to get the guys up to the line very quickly to quick snap it, and and they just weren't ready. Uh, some of the play calls on on fourth down weren't weren't the best to me, but I, I like it when when the coach is aggressive. And and in this kind of era of the NFL, I mean, Doug Peterson was going it on almost going for it on it just as many fourth downs as the Colts were yesterday. So you would love to see the Colts get some push on that Anthony Richardson fourth down to get in the end zone. Uh, one of the fourth downs was at the end of the game when Gardner Minshew was in the game. But a lot of those third downs, that two for 12, it's because they're long third downs. You're ended up in third and third and eight, third and nine situations because of the lack of a running game. So it's hard to do that when, when you're just shooting yourselves in the foot and not able to run the ball to pick up those yardage to get in third manageable situations. Definitely an area that the Colts offense is going to have to work on moving forward. But but Drake, but just one last comment on the on the offense here. Overall, I mean, I, I already said this before, it's a work in progress. And I expect this offense to get better as the season goes along. As the young guys like Anthony Richardson, Josh Downs get get their feet wet and get more comfortable in the NFL. 
as the offensive line starts gelling better as a unit in this system, a new run blocking scheme uh, and, and system, they're, they're learning as well. As Anthony Richardson is learning his wide receivers, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, uh, go to the tight ends with Kylan Granson, Drew Ogletree, who has a concussion now, Jelani Woods when he comes back. This offense will get better. It's a work in progress. So as the season goes along, you should see a better offense. You should see a more diverse offense as the playbook opens up. But it's all a part of the plan, and it's all about just what this season is about, developing a young team and making sure Anthony Richardson has all the parts and pieces around him to succeed and and continue becoming the franchise quarterback the Colts see see him becoming. Okay, so let's move it along to the defensive side of the ball here, Drake. Uh, Honestly, the unit that kept the Colts in the game. And and boy, I want to start out by talking about this defensive line. Those boys were hungry yesterday. Drake DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, Grover Stewart, Samson Ebukam. They got after Trevor Lawrence, especially good old 99 and DeForest Buckner and 51 would he pay talk to me about those guys and what you saw from them yesterday you know you saw exactly what you were hoping to see uh from quitty pay now you expected it from buckner and Gro- uh, from grover but i also feel like now you've got the 100 healthy deforest buckner because last season he played great with multiple injuries just almost from start to finish just played through him no big deal just ignored the pain so the fact that he was 100 healthy he showed it Grover at, Grover played like he took a step up from last season as far as his efficiency. He was an absolute madman, had five tackles on the day. I think I'm looking at, uh, let's see, he had a tackle for loss. I mean, he was in the backfield causing issues for the running attack. And then, of course, I got to go back to Quiddy Pay because that's really the guy you wanted to, to, to make the big step. And you know what? He played absolutely wonderful, man. He played exactly how you were hoping he would. Samson Ebicom did a great job of being that guy that uh, finally got the, the snaps that he deserved, that he didn't get it in San Francisco. Yeah, man, at the end of the day, you can't really be upset with their defensive front. And even the backups, guys like Taven Bryan, he was a he was a motor on the interior. So you got to be happy with what they have starting and behind him and them as an entire unit. Quiddy Pay finished week one as the third best edge rusher in pass rush win rate. That means he was absolutely dominating the Jaguars' right tackle yesterday, and 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 it and, he, and it was and it looked like it too. Quiddy Pay was back there causing hell for Trevor Lawrence in that pocket, and obviously Trevor Lawrence, I think. Just seeing him live again yesterday, I think he's taken another step up. I think at the end of the season, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence as a top five quarterback in the NFL. And that's scary for for Indianapolis Colts fans, but I I think that's just going to be the reality of the situation. And, And thankfully, I think the Colts have a guy that can reach top five quarterback in the NFL down the line as well. But this is this is what we want to see out of Quiddy Pay. Year three, we want to see him turn that corner. He has been working diligently all offseason. Drake, when you and I were at training camp, we saw this on a regular basis of him blowing up plays, giving Braden Smith, who is a very solid right tackle in the NFL, and he, and he played solid yesterday as well. He was giving Braden Smith fits. This is what you want to see out of your first round pick in a pass rusher. Quiddy Pay can establish himself as a dominant pass rusher. Man, look out. 
because we saw when Quiddy Pay is on is at his best, it just opens things up for DeForest Buckner. They can't double team him constantly. Grover Stewart is left one-on-one in those run game situations, and he can easily throw an offensive lineman to the side and, and wrap up a running back there in the backfield. So when this offense, this defensive line is moving together like they were, it's a scary thing. And and I had said on last Thursday's show that I thought this was the best pass rush group that Chris Ballard and the Colts had assembled since he took over as GM. And I think if we continue to see this, there will be no doubt at the end of the season that 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 will be a fact for this team. And, and, it, and it's definitely exciting to see, especially for Quiddy Pay. Yeah, and look, last season we were talking about how much push Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner got in there, and there probably should have been even more sacks. But look, man, you're talking about Samson Ebicom played very well, I thought, in his mm-hmm. first game. Got a lot of pressure constantly. A lot of pressures. Just constant pressure from this guy. And he also had a tackle for loss in the backfield, so he mm-hmm. plays the run very well with that constant pressure. And then you got Quiddy Pay, who's basically Samson Ebicom, but a more athletic higher ceiling like the the guy just brings the pain and you love to see your two sacks come from DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay those are guys you want to have collecting sacks left and right boy if Quiddy Pay actually continues to play like he did in his first game uh yesterday you might be looking at him pushing 10 sacks or even more uh, at this point, I would see say it's a it's a very good bet. Quiddy Pay ends up with double digit sacks in the 2023 season if he can stay healthy, and it certainly helps when you have your your linebacking duo of Shaquille Leonard and Zaire Franklin back and 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 really cleaning things up in that second level. Zaire Franklin with 18 tackles yesterday, a career high. Uh, played so well that the NFL decided to give him a random drug test uh just to see if he was he was on anything there and then and then Shaquille Leonard uh he the heartbeat of the defense was back every single time he raised his arms to get the crowd into it the, the crowd just came alive Shaq was out there making plays tackles for loss uh being a nuisance in there clogging up the holes I, I wouldn't say he was flying around as fast as we're normal to see him, but again, he's he's still working off that rust as well. And, and he said he felt like his old self again. So when he feels like his old self, that's just going to continue to build that confidence. And man, it's I mean, it's not far off to say that the Colts have one of probably one of the best linebacking duos in the entire NFL when you're talking about Shaquille Leonard and Zaire Franklin. Yeah, and look, man, eight tackles is that's great. That's that's a good high volume of tackles. When you hear it next to 18, you're like, wow, Shaq, why couldn't you have broken 10? You know, but but look, <laughs> at the end of the day, it was so good to see him out there. It was out, it was great to see him out there making plays and playing well and playing happy and energized and comfortable and, and really behind the defense because they need a guy like that. But man, Zaire Franklin. 18 tackles that is truly something to behold and that if he continues that trajectory man you're you're talking about a a pro bowl you're talking about a maybe even a better season than he had last year as far as his tackles which he broke the the franchise record for in a single season and i I think again as the season goes along and as Shaq gets his feet underneath him we're going to see the old maniac out there as well which is scary for the rest of the nfl and 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 i i I don't want to but and then we get to the secondary here drake obviously the the most unproven unit uh, of the defense and at times they did struggle 
yesterday, just just point blank. Uh, but there were other times where I thought they played fairly solid. So what what were your thoughts on the secondary performance? And was there anyone in particular that that really stood out to you? You know, it's really easy to go with Kenny Moore that, that stood out because once he blanketed Ridley in the second half, it was totally a different game for Calvin Ridley. Right out of right off his right off his release, you're dealing with Kenny Moore now. You know, you're not dealing with an outside corner. You're dealing legitimately with the best corner on the team. So I thought that Kenny Moore played well, but man, Daryl Baker Jr. You know, you got to be impressed with his trajectory from training camp to the preseason now to week one. He just seems to continue to get better. Mm-hmm. And you really like to see that. Tony Brown had his first career interception, which is crazy, that Tony. Is, that dude is nuts. And it's just it's so awesome to see him grab that interception and and just uh, finally get his first of the first of his career. Um, but look, man, the tackling can always improve. I felt like there were moments where the running backs, especially guys like Bigsby and Etienne, kind of ran through the defensive backs tackling. Um, but they look outside of Ridley. Um, I think it was Zay Jones had five catches. Ingram had five and Travis Etienne had five. But for the most part, those were under 10 yards on average. So the Colts kept everything in front of them. They limited Ridley in the second half. They made the game more competitive. Look, man, the expectations were through the floor, uh, all right, for the Colts secondary. And I feel like they played pretty damn well with the expectations being so low for what they could do against that offense. I'm going to highlight a couple of the comments here. NFL nerds saying Colts entire front seven is elite. The secondary is on the same schedule as Anthony Richardson in terms of development. And I, would, I would I would agree there. It's a very young secondary. The only way they're going to learn is through those live reps. And then stats, Matt comes in with a fire comment as well. The defensive backs seem to play well in the running game, struggled some in pass defense, but can't really complain about the, about much that they did. Some of the catches were better than coverage a couple of calvin ridley's catches were fantastic the touchdown to zay jones trevor lawrence threw an absolute dot put it where only zay jones could catch it and zay jones made a phenomenal catch with daryl baker in coverage there was another throw like that to evan ingram with daryl baker jr in coverage so again good defense just better offense and and that's that's what's what all of this learning experience is about so obviously we're, we're 45 minutes in here drake and i think everyone listening and, and watching us live can kind of get the sense of of how we feel uh, about this colts performance usually when we do these recap episodes the colts lose we're talking about a lot of bad things for the most part this episode has been really really good energy and we're talking about all the good that the Colts did yesterday surpassing expectations so and and that's what what kind of our the main topic of the show is and the main question why should there be so much optimism around this Colts team today well to kind of make it quick here young players and the rookies played well new additions like Samson Ebicom he played well okay Mm -hmm. so that makes you very excited even Kylan Granson who you've been waiting to unlock he played well, and he's been a favorite target for Richardson. Look for that to be a big connection. I'm telling you, that's going to that's going to catch on. That's going to catch on. I think as the season goes along, the defense stood up. Secondary performed better than expected. Richardson looked very poised and efficient. He still needs to work on his mechanics, but man, he played. I I per, I'm not even being like a homer here. I'm just being honest when I think that he played far better than his expectations. People, even I said, look for that 45 to 55, 60 percent completion mm-hmm. range shot over that threw the ball over 35 times had over 20 completions ran the entire offense by himself in his first freaking game 
and almost kept the team on pace to win. So I thought the offensive line played solid in the pass. Like you said, though, in the run, they do need to improve that. And at the end of the day, I did complain about being 20% on fourth down. But, man, that shows that Steichen wants to win. That shows that this team is right behind him. When they rolled up there for that QB sneak, I was like, oh, my God, that is literally what he did in Philly. Like, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see aggression. They want to hold on to that ball, take care of it. What did he say? Pass to pass to score and run to win, I right. think it was. So there you go. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, and I think they outplayed their expectations for sure. I did too, and and I don't think this team is is that far away. It's just going to take time for the young guys to develop. It's oh, as yeah. simple as that. And and we, we're seeing Anthony Richardson, uh, uh, Josh Downs. We saw the young secondary with Daryl Baker Jr. and Dallas Flowers make some plays out there. Julian Blackman made some plays. Um, obviously, you're talking about a year three leap from from Quiddy Pay. And we're not even talking about Juju Brents being out there either. Juju Brents was inactive yesterday. So when you're talking about all of these things, it's a young team, but they've got a lot of energy with them. And and I don't think anything, as, as Stats Matt talked about, or saying no mention of Zaire's heads up play. I'm getting it. I'm getting to it right here, buddy. The DeForest Buckner forced fumble that was picked up by Tank Bigsby. And then Zaire Franklin comes in and punches the ball out himself. Buckner picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. Does a Superman uh, reach over the goal line? And it was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen live at a football game. Just absolutely unbelievable. So shout out to uh, DeForest Buckner and Zaire Franklin for possibly what's going to be the play of the season already uh, week one. But there's just there's there is optimism around this team because you're, you're seeing that this team is not completely devoid of talent. The Jaguars, whether Colts fans want to admit it or not, the Jaguars are a good team. And they they played, uh, they're probably going to be a contender in the AFC South, in the A not just the AFC South this year, but in the AFC conference this year. So to go out there week one, play a hard fought game against a tough divisional opponent and one of the better teams in the AFC. This Colts team is going to surprise a lot of people this year. It might not show in the win-loss column at the end of the year, but it's certainly going to show a year or two from now with all these learning experiences with this young team, and it's just going to be so great for this team to kind of build off of that with one another. So I was very impressed with the front seven yesterday, uh, yesterday. very impressed with, with Michael Pittman and his ability to still be that security blanket. and incredibly impressed with how Anthony Richardson handled everything yesterday. And I think he's going to be a very good one for a very long time. So that that's our analysis on the game. Let's kind of do some, um, some other things here. We'll talk about the injury report. There was only a couple injuries for the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. True Ogletree, obviously with the concussion left that game. And then Evan Hall is dealing with a knee injury where what Shane Steichen said today uh, could cause him to miss a little bit of time. So both, both young players, hopefully Drew Ogletree can clear concussion protocol this week and be back on the field since Jelani Woods is already on injured reserve. But if not, I think that might be an opportunity for Will Mallory to get his first NFL action. Yeah, and you know, for, for Drew Ogletree, it's like he gets his first NFL catch, you know, and then he goes out with a concussion. And you're just kind of like, that really sucks. So hoping he gets back on track. But yeah, it's also kind of a bummer for Evan Hall because – He's 
projected to be a guy that maybe has a little bit more of an intriguing role than previously expected, especially with the Jonathan Taylor stuff going on in the injuries uh, now that he has sustained. So you just hope with, with it being a neat thing, I think they said it's not serious. So you're hoping that he's back sooner rather than later. Right. And, and look for the Colts to make a roo, a move at running back. Oh yeah. Uh, if, if we're, if Evan Holt's going to be out at an extended period of time. So let's move on to the latest Colts news and rumors. Drake, Adam Schefter doing uh, uh, some some dropping some news, of course, on the week one uh, game day for the Indianapolis Colts. And it has to be around Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor constantly staying in the news cycle for the Indianapolis Colts right now. So Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport all reported that Jonathan Taylor's ankle is healthy and he could pass a physical at this time if there was one that was done. I saw some comments in the chat. I think it was from a loyal listener, Nathan Comancy, that uh, that Jonathan Taylor has passed the physical. That is incorrect. Jonathan Taylor has not passed the physical yet. Uh, the report is that he could pass a physical right now if one was done and that he is on pace to return to play in week five so uh it, it sounds like jonathan taylor's ankle is getting there uh obviously i don't we don't know if this came from a, a team source whether it was from jonathan taylor's camp how they're trying to spin all of this but but if true and if jonathan taylor is willing to suit up for the indianapolis colts we, we he, he's eligible to return week five and once he gets off the physically unable to perform list jonathan taylor could be out there as early as uh early october yeah and hey you know what i'm just ready for this all to be over so you do hope at the end of the day though that he stays with the colts because it would it would still be great to see how anthony richardson could develop with a runner like jonathan taylor but hey we can't escape it we can't talk about anthony richardson or the first game of the season you know, for or the first game of Shane Steichen's career or Anthony Richardson's career for too long, We've got to get Jonathan Taylor in there. So, uh, hey, at the end of the day, you hope he stays with the Colts. But if not, you know, that's just kind of where this whole thing has been going, I guess. And and one thing I do want to mention, and it's something that Ian Rappaport reported on on Sunday as well, is that the waters are are starting to calm down. But that was his words, not mine, uh, between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. And I did reach out to a couple people that I trust, and, and they echoed that, that things are starting to, I wouldn't say get better, but cooler heads are starting to prevail in this whole thing between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. We'll see if anything comes out of that within the next few weeks, or if we're seeing Jonathan Taylor out there on the field in a Colts uniform come week five. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But, but Drake, there was actually an extension to a former all pro on Friday and it, and it was set a new league record as well. Uh, and before we get to that, we've got a super chat here from the great Scott Kennedy. Uh, Scott is a guy, a big mentor to Drake and I. Uh, Scott says, keep killing it, fellas. And yes, Schefter was the mouthpiece for JT's <laughs> agent. Uh, yes, that is definitely the case. So, Scott, we really appreciate all the support. Guy. And he, he's a fantastic guy. Uh, he actually was the one that a long time ago now, uh, but filled in for me last December when I had to miss that episode when I was out uh, uh, on vacation yes so scott really really appreciate all the support and all of the advice that you've given drake and i uh and everyone please uh thank scott for everything he does for us so getting back to that record-breaking extension 
Luke Rhodes, the long snapper for the Indianapolis Colts, received a four-year, $6.465 million extension to stay the long snapper for the Indianapolis Colts, highest paid long snapper in NFL history. What do you say about that, Drake? The other highest paid guy that they that they made the highest paid guy was Matt Gay, the kicker. So you're talking <laughs> all about special teams. But look, man, it's an underrated position. He's arguably the best long snapper in the league. Uh, prevents a lot of blocked kicks. All right, prevents a lot of blocked punts. So I think that it's a good signing. It's actually not that much money, and it's a position that's completely and utterly undervalued. I promise you, if you didn't have a good long snapper, you'd see more blocked kicks and punts, which nobody wants to see. And if you haven't done so already, there was one night last week I was getting laying in bed, getting ready to fall asleep, and I ended up watching a 10-minute video on Bill Belichick just talking about the long snapper position, and I was hooked for the entire 10 minutes. I don't know if that's the, that's the football that's awesome. nerd in me or, or, or what, but if you haven't seen it, just go watch that video. I've never seen Bill Belichick talk that long, first of all, uh, but it was very, uh, very enlightening about the long snapper position. And, and Luke Rhodes is a very valued member uh, of the Indianapolis Colts, but Hey, it, it pays to, to keep your head down and play and not complain about your contract and, and look what happens there. So um, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So Drake, Let's we'll wrap up our episode here today. It's something that we did last year. We're bringing it back again this year. Colts player of the game. So Drake and I are each going to give a player that we thought really excelled on Sunday uh, and and really sh- really helped move their unit uh, to 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 greater heights. So Drake, go for it. I'll let you go first, buddy. Who is your Colts player of the game? There was a couple that I could have considered, but look, Michael Pittman Jr. just continues to play. He just continues to be efficient. It doesn't matter who the hell's throwing the ball. He just he at least gets five, six catches and leads the team in receiving. He even got the lone touchdown, had almost 100 yards. Look for that connection to continue to improve. I bet Pittman could have a chance to put up career numbers across the board. I think so as well, you know, and if he keeps that up, hey, as of right now, Michael Pittman Jr. is on pace for 133 catches, about 1,600 and some yards and 17 touchdowns. All uh, for that's, it. <laughs> that's offensive player of the year category for Michael Pittman Jr. to all of you haters out there. But but no, great pick, Drake. For me, I have to go with DeForest Buckner. The guy gets his second career touchdown, finishes the day with seven tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and that Superman touchdown there. DeForest Buckner looked like the dominant presence that we've been talking about for years. Because the Colts haven't been great the past few seasons, I don't think DeForest Buckner has received the credit that he deserves. But man, when that man is healthy, he is scary and he dominates opposing offensive linemen 2023 season got off to a very good start for DeForest Buckner yeah and he opens up opportunities for other players as well and it made Grover Stewart look even better even though he's making his his strides as well but yeah you got to be excited about Buckner and just I'm I'm pumped to see what he's going to do for the rest of the season it's going to be a good one and you know we've been saying it all episode but I'm going to reiterate it one more time Yes, the Colts lost another week one game. And yes, the Colts had an opportunity to win that game. But if Colts fans were paying attention yesterday, I think they can be pretty optimistic about what is to come for this young team and in particular for quarterback 
Anthony Richardson. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody Ooh. following along for another marathon episode, almost going an hour here. I uh, want to give a shout out to those uh, that, that gave us a super chat tonight. Uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, Patrick, the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, and Scott Kennedy. Thank you all so much for the super chat. Your support means so much to Drake and I. And thank you to everyone that, that enjoyed us. And uh, we got another, although the buzzer beating <laughs> super chat from stats matt himself his player of the game zaire franklin remember the middle linebacker panic once bobby okereke left i think we'll be just fine when shack knocks the full rust off and and matt i am right there with you buddy nice in my opinion colts have a top 10 linebacking duo in the nfl and when shack gets healthy probably pushing top five the way Zaire Franklin is becoming a star in the NFL. Stats, Matt, thank you so much, buddy, for all of your support from the very beginning. Stats, Matt, has been one of our loyal listeners. So really, really appreciate you, buddy. And if you guys haven't done so already, please follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know when Drake and I are going live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. If you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. So, Drake, let's tell the people real quick what they can find on HorseshoeHuddle.com that you've written, all of your analysis from this game, and more. What you got out there on the site? So three good things, three bad things from the Jaguars game. And should the Colts be worried about their running backs after the performance in the Jaguars game? So go check those out. Fantastic pieces by Drake Wally. Please go check those out. For me, uh, I mentioned it last Thursday on the show, but I put out a piece on what it means for Shaq Leonard to return to the field for the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously made his debut on Sunday and looked great in doing so. And then this morning, my piece on Anthony Richardson dropped on why this uh, pretty much why this team should be up or why fans should be optimistic about this team, but specifically the performance of that rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson. And we're going to see much better and uh, performances and a lot of wins out of number five in a Colts uniform. So go follow Drake at D Walster Drake. You can follow myself at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Thursday night to get you ready for the week two matchup as the Colts travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Does T Y Hilton make a, make an appearance? I wish, but that's not going to happen. So how are the Colts going to beat the rivals down in Texas? So make sure you join us at 7 o'clock Eastern on Thursday night. And until then, enjoy your week, Colts fans.